1: All right, Alan, are are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on, man. Let's do (laughs) it. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to Nebraska Beer 30, as always. It hasn't changed. I am Grady McGuire, your host. Thanks for watching on YouTube and listening on your podcast app. Hit that subscribe button, baby! And then sanitize and wash your hands afterward. I have a very special guest with me today. Mr. Alan Ward, the wanderluster himself. Alan, what's up, man?
0: Not much. It's been, uh, it's been a wild ride trying to get back home with... Uh world the way it is, but uh, trying to remain positive,
1: you know? Yeah, man, that's um, you definitely have to remain positive with with what's been going on, the whole coronavirus deal. Um, I'm interested to talk to you about your your travels and what you've been doing, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Alan, before we get into it, uh, I want to mention that we have a Patreon page. If you'd like to support the podcast via Patreon, go to patreon.com anybeer30. Your support means a lot to us. Thank you. Um, and also, Alan, the most important part of the show, I need to crack. A, I need to crack a beer.
0: Well, Al- go ahead, crack a beer. I don't have one on me. I was going to get one, but uh, the most of the things are closed on my way up. So,
1: oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, everybody's in lockdown. Um, yeah, tell me about it. This beer I'm drinking. It's a big boy because Alan, I've got nothing going on today. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lagunitas Wilco Tango Fo- uh, Foxtrot. It is a hoppy brown ale, is what they call it. This beer is being opened by our sponsor, Steel Pig Forge. Now, Alan, I, I wish you could be here to to help me drink this beer. Um, where Where are you right now? I'm in McPherson,
0: Kansas, spending time with my family, my aunt and my uncle and cousins. Uh, figured it would be a good chance to spend time with family, and I don't see them a lot with you know everywhere that I'm at or going or doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I so. Alan, what, what do you do? Well, I know, I know you're a traveler, you're a Wanderluster. What, yes. what does that mean?
0: Um, so Wanderlust means that you feel this intense surge within yourself to go and explore things that most people never get to see or go on a trip somewhere or just a random urge to go see something somewhere, some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, my actual profession right now is a cell phone tower technician which is pretty vital at this point in our history in America. And Mm -hmm. uh, we just got uh, orders uh, that we're going to be working. And I know uh, my heart goes out to those that currently are facing challenges financially with everything going on. So doing my best to keep your show running as well as several other people and keeping people connected is essential.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, that's I mean, here we are talking over the Internet. Um, Right. I know this necessarily. This doesn't have to do with towers, does it? The internet? No.
0: (laughs) Um. So, like Uh the Tesla vehicles, you know how they're self-driving, right? Yes. Uh So, some of the technology that we put on the towers actually incorporates into Tesla's being able to self-drive because they pinpoint off the location of, and we actually—I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it—but we have a new (gasps) technology that's being tested with an antenna that is uh maximizing the efficiency of self-driving uh vehicles oh, okay. specifically for tesla they designed this so if you haven't mm-hmm. invested in tesla stock already i highly suggest it because uber and tesla are probably going to create a merger where you're going to be picked up by an autonomous vehicle and transported to your next spot
1: Ooh, is that's this that's down the road is this some insider trading stuff we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit.
0: I keep, a, I you know, in my travels, I try to keep as knowledgeable as I can about what's going on in the world and like what's going on in trading. I'm, you know, yep. it's it's one of my
1: weird habits. But and and Alan, you're you're from Nebraska, right?
0: Yes, I was originally uh-huh. raised in the Grand Island area, and I live cool. in Lincoln, Nebraska. Which go gotcha. big red.
1: Go Big Red. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Hopefully, the Big Red have yeah. a football season.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking that this is going to pass over. There's already people that mm-hmm. I've talked to in China that are going back to work, and it's looking good as far as that goes. We just have to contain mm-hmm. it for now. So good news for those out there.
1: Yeah, as, as long as we practice what we're doing right now, the social distancing, I, I think we'll be okay. One of our most recent episodes, we talked to Sam Hicks, who's over in China. He's from Nebraska as well. And like you said, it sounds like things are getting cleaned up uh, pretty efficiently over there. They were on lockdown for two weeks straight. uh, But now they're free to go wherever they, they want to go. Um, So hopefully we can, yeah, hopefully we can pull this off, but I hope so. I'm hoping so. So Alan, you, you're from Grand Island, you've moved to to Lincoln, Mm -hmm. correct? And then what made you, what made you want to leave Lincoln, leave Nebraska and travel?
0: So at 26 years old, I was basically, I had a rough breakup and it forced me to really look at myself and what I've done with life and Mm -hmm. where I was at. And I decided from that point on that I was going to take charge of my life and go and do things that made me uncomfortable. And so far it's been, I would say, really successful, you know, I mean,
1: um, good for you, man
0: yeah thank you I appreciate it uh it seems like you're blossoming. I know you had a transitional phase there for a while with your podcast and getting things back up and running so
1: yeah you know talk about sort of breaking out of your comfort zone this this podcast has been a little nerve-wracking personally um yeah. you know it's it's kind of it's a nerve-wracking putting yourself out there for the world and for everyone to watch and and listen to um
0: especially those like in your community that might see you, you know? Like- yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I just hope I can, I can keep my job for as, <laughs> as long as I can. But so you, you wanted to break out of Lincoln. You wanted to travel and and see the world. Um, you're, you're going to leave Lincoln. Where, where are you going? Where's your first stop? What's your plan?
0: So right now I'm still working my job, but I have just been approved for an Australian holiday visa. So for anyone mm. under the age of 30, you can apply for a holiday visa and you got to meet certain requirements, you know, like a high school diploma, uh, three grand in your account, that kind of thing. Okay. And then you get to work and live in Australia for an entire year. Wow. Yeah. So that's the next big uh, step in where I want to go.
1: You've uh, you got to be careful over there, Alan, because... I heard that Tom Hanks got the coronavirus over in Australia <laughs> from from a koala, is what I heard. From a koala, really? From a koala, dude. They're sneaky creatures. You have to be careful with koalas.
0: <laughs> well, I've actually heard some Australians say that koalas are are, are dirty, uh, dirty little buggers, as they call them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dirty little buggers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've
1: I, I've heard rumors about if you're walking down the streets of. Sydney, if you look into a, a dark alley, there are often koalas dealing drugs. So you've got to you got you really got to watch those those koalas.
0: <laughs> or they're uh, what are they magpies? I think they call them magpies. There's some sort of like crow that they have over there, and they say that they're absolutely terrifying and they're just mm-hmm. a holes, you know.
1: <laughs> really, magpies?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they call them. They have different slang for the bird, but mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's basically like a crow, but it'll like. One Australian was telling me that when he was sitting down, he's like, "Yeah, I was sitting there, and then a bird just came up, grabbed my sandwich, took off, and that was the end of that."
1: Oh, <laughs> damn, dude, that's that's insane! Birds are stealing people's lunch in Australia. I
0: mean, survival of the fittest, baby. What do you? <laughs> I guess you know you got to do what you got to do.
1: But, your uh, your Australian accent is top notch, by the way.
0: Yeah, I've I've honed my accents a little bit <laughs> since I've met a lot of people across the world. Um, there's a few I need to work on, but
1: and you've yeah you I've noticed I've gone through your Instagram page and your your Facebook. Um, you've been everywhere, man. I saw you. You've yeah. been to you've been to Spain. You've been to mm-hmm. Australia. I saw uh, you haven't
0: been to Australia yet. But oh, okay, you okay? You haven't
1: gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just spoke to someone from Australia while you were yeah, somewhere else. I just,
0: gotcha, gotcha. I just met some people over there in New York and then on the bull run in Pamplona. So,
1: dude, what was that like running with the bulls?
0: So, you want to talk about beer? Um, they have some really good beer out there, uh, you know, of all different sorts Belgium, Spanish, uh, Italian. But uh, mm-hmm. it's basically like you go down this street and, like, within, I want to say, a 30 block radius. You can go into a bar, grab a drink, walk out onto the streets, go into stores with a beer. Like, it's just one big block party that's like massive. Mm-hmm. And then the Spanish people have this thing where they take uh, uh, Coke and they mix it with red Chardonnay wine, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I've,
1: he- I've heard of that. Do, do you remember yeah. what they called it?
0: Not off the top of my head because she told me it in mm-hmm. Spanish, and I was already inebriated at that point. So
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up as, as you're telling the story. So, but so a lot of bars, a yeah. lot of a lot of places to drink.
0: Yeah, and so basically, what happens is most people will party until about six thirty. They start cleaning the street. Well, no, actually six o'clock. They start cleaning the streets of all trash and all litter. And then you have about a four hundred run long stretch. That you run in, and if you look at the street on the cobblestones, they have white lines. So if you're going to run in this event, I highly mm-hmm. recommend you stay in the white lines by the wall. Otherwise, you will get ran over by a bull, and it is oh not gosh. pretty.
1: <laughs> Dude, I bet. Did you see anyone get hit by a bull?
0: Uh, uh, no, but so when I first got there off the train, uh, my British friend was freaking out because they didn't have cell phone service, and I had to go to a dealer to get a SIM card. And she kept messaging me, and she asked if I was okay. And I told her, yeah, why? And she's like, two Americans, of all people, the first day of the bull run, had been gored. And they were in critical condition in the hospital. Holy cow. Yeah, that's a great thing you want to hear from your friend.
1: (laughs) Jeez, man. And then she
0: asked uh if if I was still running. And I was like, yes, I am.
1: Holy cow. You had to be nervous. How'd you feel?
0: So... I think the suspense leading up to it like was really like I was eerily calm. And then as we started walking with the people, so I got there at like really early and then at 630 people started, you know, going and the footage I got is hard to get because you're not allowed to have a GoPro during the run.
1: Oh, no way. So is that for safety reasons?
0: Uh, I don't really know. I assume so, but they basically either find you, kick you off the course or confiscate the GoPro. So okay. beware listeners. <laughs> and I said a little prayer to God and I was like, just protect me during this run. And so what happens is, is at seven o'clock they release or six fifty-nine they release a firework that tells you that they open the gates to the bulls. And then at oh, seven yeah. o'clock they released another firework that explodes in the sky really loudly telling you that the bulls are on the street. And then the final third firework tells you that you should probably start running. And then from there, it's just a mad dash to get to the El Toro arena. I believe it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Holy cow. So if I, I uh, on your Facebook, I'm looking at the Facebook right now, your, your Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash a w wander, wander with an a, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, your your cover video is you in a stadium with bowls running around in the middle of it. You're you're in the middle of the stadium, and yeah. the bowls are everywhere. Is that the stadium that you're talking about?
0: Yes, that is the stadium I am talking about.
1: Dude, this video is crazy. Um, again, if you go to, to Alan's page, facebook.com slash awwander, with an A, you can see this video. Um, I noticed you're wearing a, a Spider-Man costume?
0: Yeah, so a tradition I have is anytime I do something uh, between uh, my bungee jump and skydiving or anything that's like, oh, you wow. know, really high risk, I wear a Spider-Man t-shirt and nice. or tights. Yeah, yeah. So I figured it should be no different for the bull run and it would also be more susceptible to get me spotted on TV while I was running since the traditional um, runners wear uh, a red bandana, around their uh, neck and then Mm -hmm. they wear a sash across their waist. And then they have white and black or white pants and white shirt that they wear. And that's to uh, signify their saint that they have the festival for. I see. But me, I had a Husker flag as my sash with a big red end. Nice. uh, Yeah. Right. Got to represent.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, (laughs) man.
0: But uh, at one point in the video, you'll see me uh, get caught. I actually got caught up twice. So when you finally get to the arena after all the bulls are done running, they release a bull every uh, 10 minutes, I think. Mm. Uh, And they release six bulls in total. So you have about uh, 30 to 40 minutes of trying to dodge these bulls in the arena. And you're locked in with these creatures, basically. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and the, the, what's that?
1: I I would be so scared.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, you should take your wife and you should go. You should, like, not necessarily run if you don't want mm-hmm. to, but just to sit on the balcony and watch all the chaos unfold. Like, that's one thing I didn't get to do, but...
1: I I was going to ask, uh, it sounds like there were some spectators. Are people just up on balconies, at, like apartments?
0: Yeah, so basically that, that there's sort of apartments thing. and... Yeah, they're basically apartments and they're four stories high and people pay... To sit in these people's houses, and then when the run starts, they look over the balcony and they watch the pandemonium unfold as the bulls are running through. It's really, it's almost like a coliseum sort of. Yep. You just have to experience yourself,
1: you know. Boy, insane! Um, yeah, that video on your Facebook, I keep looking down at it. It's I couldn't imagine being in a, in a <laughs> <laughs> you know, packed into an arena with a with a bull like that. Alan, yeah. you you um, you're a traveler. You like to travel. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Why why did traveling, um, why are you so attracted to to traveling? What makes it appealing? Well, I mean, I
0: get to meet and interact with people like you from my home state and then also people in other cultures and other countries that have varying different opinions, which is something I love. And uh, Mm -hmm. I love the accents, the the language Mm -hmm. barriers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you travel, it, it changes you in a way that nothing else will, because you have to learn, you have to adapt, you have to, uh, you know, if your flight gets canceled, you have to change it, you have to remain calm. It teaches you a lot of things, and mm-hmm. I think that's why CEOs that travel a lot are really successful with, you know, their businesses and stuff. But that's oh, just yeah. me personally.
1: It it definitely opens up your your eyes to how other people live. My right, my wife and I took a mission trip to Honduras. Uh, to this little village Ooh. called called La Cebita in Honduras, and mm-hmm. um, I mean there was this village it, it it's a very it's, it was a poor village. most people lived in cinder block houses, maybe only one or wow. two rooms, like a bedroom and a, a kitchen and we went out there with our church and, and we were helping them build these these houses. Some people only had you know maybe like one cinder block wall, and the rest was just tarps. Uh, the rest of the walls were just tarps, things like that, but just experiences like that really open up your eyes and first of all it makes you feel real lucky to be where you are um very blessed, but it also yeah it just it just expands your world view um right. and we we've also of course we've been we've been to Mexico a few times just on vacation and and going down and learning more about that culture being in that atmosphere um again is is just really Eye-opening. With with everything going on right now with the coronavirus, things like that, um, how have how has that affected you traveling? Of of course, you said you're not traveling right now anymore because you you kind of want to stay put. But in the right, right. in the last few weeks, how has that affected? traveling
0: so let's see what the calendar date is because i'm trying to think of when they actually started all this so i went on i went on break from my job to go down to texas to visit my friend bill graf and interview him on my on my kind of podcast interview thing called sonder
1: sonder awesome check it out guys sonder
0: yeah so i left uh the uh 12th or no i would left the 14th and as far as i knew everything about the virus Things were calm. Things were cool. There was no lockdowns yet. And it was amazing. Like I started noticing it as I started getting into some of the some of the bigger cities, the museums and stuff were closing. But I still remained calm because I'm like, they're just taking precautions, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what really changed it for me and and scared me is when I went into a Walmart to just get soap, a normal everyday thing that people do. You know, I'm sure you've done it or anybody mm-hmm. else that listens has done it. And this Walmart, um, stalker brought out a case of water on a pallet and people were ripping the plastic off of the pallet. And you know, the, the mm. virus isn't scary itself as, as far as I know from what I've learned, you know, do your own research. But what's scary about it is people's reaction to what's going, you know, when you change somebody's daily life or get them outside of their normal circumstances, they tend to freak out. Like that, mm-hmm. that's everybody's natural reaction. Oh yeah. And so with that, like once I started noticing that some of the parks that I made reservations for, to go see for my, uh, show Wonderluster uh, tales that started closing, I really started paying attention to it and I started reaching out to friends across the world and, uh, I'm trying to remain positive and optimistic, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm glad that you took the precaution that you are, you know, having me on this, i I didn't even think of it at first. And then I kind of got to wondering maybe with all my travels that I've come into contact with it, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't um, think,
1: I didn't think about it either. A little behind the scenes for everybody. We 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 planned on being together. I I planned on you being here at the house to record this episode, but with everything that happened, I I talked to my wife who's an ER nurse and sort of picked her brain. Do you think this is responsible? And she said, I, I don't know if I'd do it. So that's why we're doing yeah. what we're doing now. Um, it is crazy how people are. I don't know if it's. I don't know if they're overreacting or if they're just playing it safe. You know, these people that that go out and buy six rolls of toilet paper and <laughs> and just destroy the shelves. You know, I uh, I also right. heard that that Shields has sold more guns and ammo in the past few weeks than they than they ever have. It's it's just kind of crazy craziness. But well,
0: to put it in perspective, like when I went mm-hmm. to Texas. All the major retailers that sold ammo there, and Texas is known for their guns. For those oh, international yeah. listeners that you yeah. have, sold out entirely. Oh wow! Like Holy empty God. shelves, everything. So
1: yeah, and and you would, you hope that it's, you know, it's just people playing it safe. You hope that it's not people right. expecting to go looting. <laughs> you know, right? Which has right. happened. You know, things things happen around the world and people freak out and they decide I've I need this, I need this. So they start breaking into stores. It's, <laughs> right.
0: it's craziness, man. And as but, a as a road traveler, you know, I, I'm staying in hotels. So if those start to shut mm-hmm. down, you know, like um it's it's gonna get dicey for uh cell phone tower workers to yeah. provide communications for people.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure. Are you are you guys having trouble finding jobs as cell phone tower workers or
0: no, no, but uh, our, I'm sorry. What was you saying?
1: Oh, I, I was just saying because they're telling people to restrict their travel a little bit. Are are you having trouble finding work?
0: Uh, so no. Uh, so I don't want to like panic anybody, but the government issued us a document allowing us to basically travel unrestricted to where we needed to go to mm-hmm. keep America's infrastructure running and several other. Um, like rail workers, truckers, stuff like that have gotten the same slip. Oh yeah. So there's no need to panic. I don't want to send anybody through a a conspiracy tangent. I know people like to do that.
1: <laughs> yes, they do. Well, it's uh yeah, your guys' job is essential. were yeah. what you, what you do keeps everyone connected so we can communicate. There's yeah. there's this conspiracy out there. I've I've read about this. People yeah. think people think I'm sure you've heard this. People think that 5G is the source of the coronavirus people think that 5g like like verizon is trying to kill us (laughs) with 5g right have you you heard those those rumors
0: i can i can understand those rumors but to put it in perspective for everyone that's listening uh 5g works on a really small wavelength that's how it's able to transfer so much information at once so so fastly and when you travel at a smaller wavelength, it doesn't interact with your cellular level the way like microwave radiation or UV rays or any of those. Mm -hmm. So like to put it into a broader perspective, FM towers, um, they are generally about 500 feet tall and if you get 100 feet um, below an FM tower, your gauge that we have that monitors RF frequency And uh, uh, exposure will start going off and it'll be about 75%. So when you're on the ground, you're completely fine. An AM tower is basically the whole antenna is the tower. And if you touch it, it will burn you. Um, Also, on top of that, if you climb an FM tower and they don't shut off the service or they don't dwindle the service, um, you will pass out from the exposure to it.
1: Holy crap, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you start tasting like copper pennies in your mouth, then it's time to get off. But as far as like working around uh, antennas and radios and stuff like that, there has been no studies that have shown an increase in cancer or any of those circumstances. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh
1: what's that? Oh, I was just going to ask, have you ever had that copper taste in your mouth while working?
0: Uh, no, I've taken necessary steps to make sure that that I would never put myself in a situation like that, you know?
1: Good. Okay. So. Awesome. Yeah. So Alan, where else have you been in the world? So
0: I've been to Maine, um, California. I've been to Italy. I've been to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. I've gone to Canada. Uh, I went to the farthest Eastern point in the United States in Lebec, Maine. So I was able to go over to Canada. That was pretty cool. Awesome. Um, I've been to Hawaii. I recently went to Alaska to see the aurora borealis, with no luck. So, oh no way! That was yeah. I did was, a lot of other things though, so uh-huh. you know, take what you can get.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Out, out of all the the places you you've been in the world, which place has inspired you the most?
0: I would have to say just because. It exposed me. It was my first exposure to travel. Probably New York. New York was the the launching mm-hmm. point of who Wonder AW is, who Wanderlust Kid is. Um, you mm-hmm. know, that's um, this is the person you see now is because of New York.
1: New York. I've I've never been to New York. I I hear New York you is do it is I hear it's going through a little bit of trouble right now.
0: From what I hear from my friends in New York that I've talked to, New York is currently under lockdown, and mm-hmm. they're able to go and get groceries and stuff. But bars, hair salons, you know, non-essential stuff that doesn't require human sustainability is shut down.
1: I see. Yeah, there's so. there are a lot of places right now that are shutting everything down. I think Illinois was is one. Uh, New York, California called a I think a two week. Uh, quarantine. It's all nuts, and, and we should mention after we're what twenty six minutes into this that, <laughs> that today is Saturday, March twenty first. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I just want to make that clear because I I said this in our last episode. Things are changing so quickly. I just want to let people know that today is Saturday, March twenty first.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the span of a week, um, I went from traveling carefree to really paying attention to what's going on. And mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the downfalls to who I am as a person and the connections I have across the world is having so much information readily available to me from actual people and actual sources that it can get a little overwhelming, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, very, yeah, very overwhelming. Hey, um, Alan, I, I did want to mention, I looked it up. Uh, that drink combination of uh, Coke and red wine is called calimocho. Calimacho, okay. Calimocho. yeah, yeah Cali buddy. calimocho. So it's pretty good. That's what uh, that's what you were sipping on. Um, <laughs> hey, Alan, I see you. I see you wear that hat often in in Instagram and, and Facebook posts. Uh, yeah. Tell me about that hat. What's what's going on with the hat?
0: So the hat is got, uh, man, I don't even know how many pins are on it now. But the hat is basically a pinning location of everywhere I've been and Mm -hmm. all of my travels, as long as they have it. So like my new one, uh, my newest one would be uh, this one, the Texas one with the longhorn on it. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah, so it's just everywhere I've been or a national park or something. And it's, it's, it's kind of a conversation starter for when I go different places.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would. I would love to. I wish we had more time because I'd, I'd pick your brain about everything on that hat. <laughs> so say that say that hat gets dirty and old. Are you just going to b- buy a new hat and put the pins on the new hat?
0: Um. Well, actually, so I had my original hat was black, and while I was in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, uh, somebody unfortunately broke into the truck and stole it, and Ooh. with it, all my pins and all my memories. Mm-hmm. So this is the second generation of that first hat that I had. And, um, honestly, yeah, probably, or I'll take the pins off and wash it or there you go. Uh, start over again. I don't know. Maybe I'll make my own hat clothing line or something. Oh, there you go.
1: With, <laughs> yeah. With pins. Um, yeah, you could you can make your own hat and then make your own pins for it too.
0: True. True. I've there thought you go. about it. Yeah.
1: Hey, Alan, we're getting close to the, to the end of the episode. Um, real quick, talk a little bit about, about Sonder. You mentioned that you have a, an interview series. W- what, what is Sonder about?
0: So Sonder is basically the realization that every person that you meet or interact with or talk to is living their own vivid and drastically different life. And once that hits you, it really puts into perspective um, how vast our world is. So on mm-hmm. um, Sonder, I basically interview people that are everyday people, but that are doing kind of not everyday things. So like one of my episodes, I had Sassy Mama for Autism, who is helping uh, legislators and stuff come up with laws to help chi- her child and many other children that have autism. Uh, one of my other episodes was Tut Kalik, uh, uh, a guy whose brand I wear, Yado. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to Yato. And uh, he, Yedo. Is a, <laughs> <Bingo>. he is a... <laughs> he is a Sudanese refugee... That came to America and is studying at UNL right now and has mm-hmm. just got its citizenship and is also a rapper. And then the last one oh, I nice. had is Bill Graf that lived in Brazil for 20 years and started three churches while he was down there and has helped the Rio Grande Bible Institute and has done just an assortment of things from Vietnam War to you name it. So that's pretty much Saunders in a nutshell.
1: Awesome. Very cool. Well, we are whoops. I'm sorry. My phone is going off. Um, Alan, we're we're wrapping up. Where can people find out more about you? Hit us with your social accounts.
0: So you can follow me on wonder a W on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. uh, That's the main ones. And then also on YouTube, wonder a
1: W. There you go. Wonder a W. Well, Alan, thank you for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. I I wish you could have been here in in person, but social maybe uh, next time. Yes, exactly. When you're in town next, man, and, and this stuff is, has blown over, uh, I'd love to have you sitting here next to me. So you you have an open invitation. Awesome. Yeah, man. Alan, you take care out there. And I know we can't do it in person, but cheers to you. Salute. Salute. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll catch you later. All right.
0: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
1: Do they call you a conspiracy theorist? Do you consider yourself too woke for the average person? If so, you should subscribe to our podcast, The Realist and... The Visionary, where we discuss everything from aliens, black issues, and relationship issues. So join in, in our conversation. Where stop what you're doing and visit the TheRealistTheVisionary.com. Subscribe to The Realist and The Visionary.